Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the Five Plan Podcast. We Pod four seventy four. Well, lights. This is a slightly edited, different summer, whatever you want to call it, version of the main pod this week. We're me, Jim Daly, and Jack Pierce. Jack, hello to you. Hi, Jim. How you doing, mate? I'm I'm good. I'm very good. Um, I should say I should say co-host. Really, expertly hosted last week. Thank you very much for uh, for stepping in for for doing that. Um, I know it means we're going to have to renegotiate contract, probably, but um, it's, uh, I thought you did a great job. So thank you very much for doing that. That's very kind of you, but I'm very relieved to see you back on the call this week. So uh, <laughs> please, you, you can you can guide us through the choppy waters of, of podcasting. But yeah, pleasure. And uh, uh, yeah, quick quick shout out to uh, a guy wearing a Crystal Haggis t-shirt in the uh, Bricklayers pub in Putney for uh, saying hello and uh, saying some nice things last week. So shout out to you if you're listening. Well, he says he, I, he says he does listen, so there you go. Well, I know the Crystal Haggis lot. I've, 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 I've drunk with them, and uh, they're. Oh, that good, would explain. That would explain it. <laughs> they're a good bunch. They're a great bunch. So shout out to. Uh, I mean, Crystal Haggis. They're a Scottish group of 
Palace. That is one of the best group I names that. I think you'll I, ever you'll ever I, think I, of. Yeah, I got that, mate. Thanks. Yeah, I know. But I just, I just say, <laughs> it's. I just think it's an excellent name and fair play to them. Um, yeah. Lovely uh, very, very good. And uh, but you know, if you're going to chuck me hosting duties, it's nice when we're on the run that we are currently on. Don't chuck them to me during a 14 winless run, please. 14 game winless run or something. It is like a that. different. It's a different beast. It's a different yeah. beast. But anyway, and Palace, I mean, Palace continue sort of continue that run with a two-all draw at Fulham, which we'll get into um, in a minute. We are doing a slightly different version of the pod. We can't really say why, but there's other things going on this week. So we're going to do a sort of shortened intro and then we're going to chuck in some of the post-match extra pod that the patrons normally get, obviously a few days later. So hopefully most of the patrons listen to it already um, to sort of flesh out the pod and give you the full pod experience. Before we do that, and speaking of the full pod experience, should we do a drum roll for a completely random patron? Uh, I actually wondered if we're doing a you know pod-like version this week. We, we might... Uh... Not not indulge you this week, but yeah, okay, let's let's okay. do it. Okay. It's Mr. Bill Ington. Bill it, Rob. Oh no, Rob Billington. Sorry, Rob Billington. Ah, yeah, it's tough Sorry. to read that one. Yeah, I got confused there. Sorry, Rob Billington. Um we've had a question actually from a Mr. Rob Paul. Not the Rob we were looking for. Okay. Um, who says, Was JD really on holiday or was he on Safari searching for the lesser spotted Billington? <laughs> well, you, you told me you were on a family escape, so I don't know what that really means, to be honest. Um, didn't see him. didn't see him still got no idea if he's even real but um at this point he's become sort of like uh, uh, almost iconic and infamously unreal who knows if he's a real person anymore it doesn't matter can can we agree that um you know maybe next week's post forest midweek pod is the last shout out or are you kind of still could could we see this go on to you know forget questions about wilf and roy's future and anyone else's future for that matter is is the real story the future of Rob Billington shout outs? Quite, quite possibly. Anyone that's seen my stand up will know that one the funnier the longer you do a joke, the more times you yeah. hammer that joke, the funnier it definitely becomes. Um so I can't okay. answer that question, but we'll we'll see. Okay. Um we did say we keep we'll doing it until Rob Billington shows himself. That hasn't happened yet. So please, Rob, please emerge. Please. <laughs> Before we choose a different patron to do it for, for the whole of 10 months of next season. Anyway, let's move on to, uh, well, no sponsors this week. Uh, again, if you are a local company and fancy sponsoring the pod, do get in contact or a palace supporting company um, and get in contact and we'll, we'll let you know our rates. We'll take, we'll, we'll take anyone, to be honest. You, we'll take, don't, you, don't have to be, you, you don't have to be local. You don't even have to support no, palace. No, a few exactly. limitations. Maybe no Millwall, no yeah. Brighton, um, no. but anyone else. No Watford. No, but yeah, Shell... No, Amazon. No, okay. Okay. We're happy, you know, Apple. Go for it. We are. We are not. That's a complete. That's a complete lie. Um, not that we're on their radar. Um. Anyway. Um. Speaking of on the radar, coming up next weekend, Saturday the third. Uh, it's the first of a Palisade. Why haven't they done this? Run by the Palace for Life Foundation. Why haven't they done this before, Jack? It's such a great idea. Celebrities playing like mm. like um soccer aid, but for Palace. Um. Great idea. Next Saturday, twelve forty-five kickoff. The captains are Ben Bailey Smith, aka Dot Brown, friend of the pod, and Andy Johnson, also friend of the pod. Um, and with well, a mix of celebs and ex Palace players uh, in the teams. Well, some you know established Palace legends and Jim Daly. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> and if you hadn't made that joke, I would have. I would have made well, it. Well, well done, well done on the call up. I think you know a lot of Palace fans are wondering whether Epps is going to get a call up for the next England squad. So to see your name. You know, yeah. Named. Uh, do you know which team you're playing for yet? Or is that all decided on the day? I, I actually, I actually don't. No. Don't know. Okay. Don't spoil anything, even if you do find out. But um, 
yeah, very exciting. Some great, some great booking so far. Chloe Pitts, another friend of the pod. Yeah, Chloe, um, Andrew Mensah is, and Elliot Steele are the other comedians, both top, top blokes. Jim Piddock, another friend of the pod. Oh, mate. Just Andy Gray, horrible. another friend of the pod. They should call it Friends of FYP Aid, really, because that's... <laughs> I, think that, I think that might take away from the, the fundraising element of it. But, and I think um, there was a few more announced today. Wayne Routledge, uh, Fitzhall, Sadie Burton. There you yeah. go. Sanji Burton and uh, Ben Bailey Smith might be reforming their school team because, uh, as Ben told us, went to school with him. So there you go. Exactly, yeah. it's all going to happen, and I'm sure plenty more teams uh, and players to be announced. So if you fancy coming to watch that, it is during the beer festival. Mm. Don't know if that's a good idea or not, to be honest. But well, there's only one way to find out, and um, so you can get access to watching that game with a ticket for the beer festival, which you can get on Palace's ticket platforms. Um, the usual kind of places, box office, I'm guessing. Um, Cheaper if you book ahead, isn't it? I believe so. Yes, I believe so. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And then obviously um, money raised for the foundation as well. So everybody wins, um, apart from me when I miss an open goal in front of the 3,000 drunk people in the homestead. But we'll we'll, we'll deal deal with that. Um, uh, That takes us to uh, the actual game. Uh, Fulham 2-2. I mean... There is one player we'll come to, and I know you're itching to talk about a certain goal scorer um, oh. at the weekend, but we'll, we'll, well come I'm, to it. We'll I'm, I'm, I'm delighted for Odson. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm really pleased for him. Yeah. Uh, lovely goal, actually, to be fair. Just, just, I mean, obviously, it, it was a lovely day down by the river. I had a fantastic day down there with uh, JD Senior. I know I saw lots of Palace fans, everyone in their element, getting their suntans, having their drinks by the river. It's a perfect away day, end of the, well, either in August or in May, but it's even more perfect when the pressure's off for both teams. Obviously, they've, they've had a great season. Um, and even though it wasn't probably a vintage performance from Palace, or Fulham, really, it was actually a very enjoyable day because it was just pressures off and have a bit of fun and in the end, some good football and some good goals. Yeah. Um, had a bit of an end of season slash pre-season friendly vibe about it. But yeah, some good goals, um, some slack defending, some slack <laughs> refereeing. Um, yeah, all, <laughs> all, all ingredients towards a, a fun afternoon. But as you say, the pressure was off. So, um, you know, the, the away end wasn't a particularly... Uh, angry place at any point in the game, even when we went went behind. But uh, yeah, fun day, great away day. Um, Fulham have had a good season, so their fans are in good spirit. They've had an amazing season, actually. I think they've probably gone under the radar because of how well Brentford and and Brighton have done this season. But you know, they're they're, gonna, they're guaranteed a top half finish. They're going to finish above Chelsea this season, um, which to Nick from the Totally Football Show is the first time since uh, I believe Spandau Ballet were number one with True. So there you go, there's a bit of a bit of trivia yeah. for you there. FYP listeners. Um, so, yeah, uh, but we, we we did really well. I think if the game had gone on for another five, ten minutes, I think we probably would have would have got a third there. We certainly ended the game stronger than they did. Um, and some, yeah, some really good performances. Ebbs, perhaps not as dominating as he was the week before against Bournemouth, but some very lovely moments, no uh, more so than uh, the, the wonderful assist for yeah. uh, the first goal. The way he skips beyond you know, opponents is absolutely stunning to watch sometimes and then to, to kind of exercise the 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 weight of pass that he did quite similar to his assist for Wilf's goal in the first away game of the season at Liverpool at Anfield um so yeah Chuff for Chuff for Ebbs he's you know he's ending the season absolutely flying 
Um, but yeah, let's let's not ignore Alton Edwards' goal because he doesn't get all the love. Um, and there are some weeks where we are quite critical of him. Um, but I thought that goal brought the best out of him, his speed to kind of break the line. And, and I, until I saw it back, I hadn't realised it was a first-time finish, which was absolutely stunning. And, and that's what Celtic fans say that he has in him, that first-time finish, the, the kind of technical ability to beat a keeper in the only place that he could beat him. Great finish. And um, he, yeah, he had a good afternoon. And I actually thought Jean-Philippe Mateta was quite threatening when he came on for the last 15 minutes too. So good afternoon for both of those guys who, who do get a fair bit of stick. Um, I, I think the bloke behind me, uh, did prefer to Mateta as the, as the chaos factor and, and that really is what he does bring um, and, and I think Roy just chucked him on to kind of mix up it was 2-1 when he did bring him on and and that change brought about a um, kind of a change of impetus really with the game, within the game and, and we got the equaliser that I think we deserved but yeah lovely day um, good pubs nice place good ground and if Palace turn up it's a good day isn't it it's it's one of the it is one of the better away, better away days uh, depending on time of year. Um, did, I thought, can, can, just, sorry, just for one final point. Did see some Palace fans stepping off uh, various boats as the afternoon went on. I, I presume it was sea legs rather than anything else that led to the rather mm. wayward walking style of one or two of them. But. Well, I saw I saw Joe Walker who, who, who <laughs> he looked in fairly good spirits for a man that's been up since eight thirty on the on the booth. So uh, yeah, that's a joke. He was doing all right. He was he was Captain Bruce, Walker was, he was, was Captain, doing okay. Captain Walker. Yeah. <laughs> He <laughs> did all right, actually. Skipper Walker. Yeah. Skipper. Well, he was in charge of his gang, actually. Which I think, actually, if you want anyone in charge of your gang, it is the cool head of Captain Walker, I think. So, yeah, nice. um, yeah everyone, I think people had a lovely day. Just on Edward, I thought Edward had, had had one of his better games at Palace. I really thought he was he was pretty influential and a, a pain, a pest, really, for the Fulham defence. Took his goal well, but his general movement and, and pressing and touch was, was everything we hoped from him. So, um Probably a well-timed performance from him, actually, in, going into mm. the summer. It'd be interesting to see what the future holds for him, but I thought it was good. Yeah, Mateta had had an impact when he came on, um, which I think is 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 maybe the most you could get from him. But Nicely sure, put. Nicely put. But I'm sure there's more but Mateta and Edward chat throughout the summer. Um, mm. Really, we're going to come on to you, the name who you want to talk about. I put my words <laughs> not there. Um, in a minute. Firstly, officials... Um, and I know that you've you've caused a Twitter storm, I think, a little bit by. But but can I just? Uh, I've got a bit of rev- revelation for you, actually, um, because Michael Hyde one hundred and one has said, um, "Did Jim enjoy his hot dog?" Um, I didn't eat one, so I don't. I, I don't know if you saw someone. I, I am famously vegetarian, so I don't know if you saw someone else eating a hot dog that looked like me. Um, but I hope that person enjoyed their hot dog. Um, and he says, um, and are we right to be annoyed at the three errors from officials that lead up to their second goal? Are throw, not a foul, ball placed two yards from the spray. Now, the linesman who was there and let the ball be taken two, flagged for the foul and let the ball be taken two yards from the spray. Any idea who that was? It was Harry Leonard. Yeah. It was your friend and ours. Seaford's Harry, Harry Leonard. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk about him? I feel like we're... Kind of giving out his personal details. Here. He's, a, he's a linesman. He's got a name. <laughs> I haven't said anything else. I, I, I'm assuming his location is Googleable. I'll, go, I'll Google while you talk about him, um, just to see. If not, I will cut it from the. Uh... I mean, uh, yeah, uh, you refer to it as a storm. <sighs> barely, barely a whimper, really. But yeah, but I, I put a tweet out after a few pints on the on the train home, and uh, a Fulham account got hold of it, and yeah, <laughs> some Fulham fans told me to kind of reassess my life a bit which is probably fair, fair enough um but I wasn't particularly impressed that the referee who uh I believe it was his first game 
puts the marker down for whether the foul was given, whether it's a foul or not. I, I don't think it was, but you know they are always given that type of type of uh, challenge. And, and Tyreek, who didn't have a particularly good game, was probably a bit naive in going in for the tackle in the first place. Um, but the referee walks over, makes the whole uh, performance of putting the, uh, the phone down, and then marches our wall back ten yards. And then the assistant referee just allowed him to take it, you know, maybe a yard and a half, two yards ahead of the the phone. And it, it it just, I don't know. Obviously, the defending from the set piece is what we really need to focus on. Yeah. But it, it did make a mockery of the whole performative bullshit that we have to watch week in week out when, you know, the, the ball wasn't even placed where the official told the players it was taken with an official less than five yards away. So yeah, I'm 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 to be honest, I'm coming to the end. And Patreon, I hear you. Um, I, I'm bored of talking about referees. I need to summer off these guys. Um, <laughs> you need to come, you need a preseason to come back refreshed to have oh, a referees next season. I really don't want to talk about referees, but I, I just I found it a bit laughable last week. You know, we we see the Howard Webb charm offensive on all forms of media, and I thought it was very good. Some of the insight that he mm. showed and, and kind of the openness that he's willing to engage with the media. But you then just see a referee or a set of officials just not do something as basic as that. And it just kind of undermines the goodwill that that maybe the the charm offensive bought. But anyway, I'm I'm done. But yeah, okay. It, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, I can't say any more about officials. I, I want to talk about Palace. Okay, I do, I do actually. I think want to the, talk about Joel Ward. I know. I'm 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 just I'm te- I'm teasing you and the listeners. Um, I do actually think the foul. Watching it back, the foul actually he didn't actually spray where the foul was. I think he actually was a few yards away from that anyway. But either, either way, once he puts the spray down, that's where it should be taken from. And as you said, the defending wasn't good either way, and it probably wouldn't, the extra yard or two probably wouldn't have changed the, the location that William put the ball in anyway. And it was poor, allowing Mitrovic to come round from the back post say, to the front post. It the, is poor defending the, either the yards, way. Yeah, the yard and a half difference doesn't legislate for Alexander Mitrovic, a renowned aerial threat, <laughs> have a free run in our penalty area. So by no means am I saying that it's the whole issue. But um, And actually... In fairness to, to Fulham and the officials, we got a very soft free kick, I thought, for the goal. Uh, oh, sorry, for the free kick that led to our equaliser. So yeah. I think by that point, the referee was somewhat just wanted to get through the end of his first Premier League game. And uh, it's the end of a long season for them. It's a relatively meaningless fixture. I just find it a little bit, when a, when a referee and officials are a little bit slack like that, I do think of all the money and time that fans that have gone to watch the game have put in. And they can't do the basics. But anyway, sorry, I'm going down that path again, and I and I refuse to take myself down there again. <laughs> okay, well let's let's come on to that goal then. Obviously, and I agree. The friend, I think it was a free kick uh, for a foul on Ebbs that was that was that was soft. So I think that's totally um, totally fair. Uh, obviously, prodded home at the second attempt by Joel Ward. Um, full name was it? Joel? <laughs> I saw that it said this on the post match, but it's Joel Philip Edward Ward. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'll just look at the tattoo. Hang on. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which for some reason just makes him sound even more even more epic. Um, uh, Stephen Goldring says, "Will hi, Jack Stephen. be hi, Stephen? Will Jack be dedicating the whole episode to his boy Joel? My boy, <laughs> um, <laughs> Jimmy Lane, oh seven. Hey Jimmy, hey, Jimmy. Not a question, but Joel Ward is the best right back to grace the Premier League. <laughs> I hear you, Jimmy. Uh, and then Andy Hill, hello Andy. Andy. He's put Joel Ward semicolon." Was four hundred thousand ever better spent? I mean, it was it was it was a nice it was a nice you know almost a poachery kind of finish. Very lucky with the was offside, but the ball came off the defender, so obviously wasn't offside and reacted well to the ball. Uh, the initial one being cleared. Um, 
I actually think goal aside, because it's just one of those ones. I mean, it's his first goal in four years, but right place, right time. I actually thought he had a very good game and continues to really make that right back spot his own. Klein on the bench, we can only assume this is a, that is a tactical rather than an injury thing. And in fact, even the first goal uh, for Edward, um, Ebbs gets the space to play it and Edward gets the space to run into it because it is I know. Joel Edward Phillip running down the wing to draw draw the defenders away. So he really is absolutely reveling at the moment um, yeah. under Roy. Well, again, what the future holds, we don't know, but it was nice to see, you know, he's, he's, his run of form, I think, has been quietly, maybe not by Palace fans, but by everybody else, gone under the radar a little bit. So it's nice to see that form rewarded with, you know, with a wee tap in, a nice goal for Joel. Yeah, I think, it, I think you're exactly right there. You've summarised it very nicely. The moment kind of encapsulated... Uh, what's been a very good six weeks for Joel. You know, he's he's playing some really, really good football. Um, it's, it's not just as a result of this game that we're talking about, Joel. We've talked about him week in, week out since Roy's come back in. And, and since Roy's come back in, Joel has been his preference at right back. And, and I, I don't know what's brought about this kind of increase in his confidence in going forward. It must be instruction from the coach. Um combined with the confidence that he's probably picked up by by the confidence the manager has in him. But, yeah, he played really well on, on Saturday. Another really strong performance from Joel. Um, you know, sorry, I forget which listener asked in terms of 400k spent. You know, there are so many conversations that we can have about, and you know, given the time of season and, and contract status of, of many of our players, that's the type of question that is asked. But I, I do think £400,000 for a player who's played, you know, so much top-flight football for us, and being such a constant in the side, um, barring the season of development for Aaron Wambasaka, who he sold for £50 million, the fact that he's been chosen by so many managers throughout that, you know, 10 years of top-flight football, and the fact that he did play a pivotal role in even getting us into the Premier League. I, I just think Joel Ward captures the hearts of so many Palace fans because he's just been a constant in such a good time in the club's history. I, I, I think it would be very, <clears throat> very difficult to, to think anything negative about Joel but what I did I, I just found the goal very funny because he looked as surprised as, as anyone when you see the highlights and obviously being at the other end of the of the ground you, you didn't really know who, would, who yeah. had scored it's it's just one of those feelings where you think somebody just put it away because the, the chance did present itself and then when I did see Joel wheel away I, I did just think it's it's the right time for him to score his first goal in four years um, and it was worth a point and it, and it didn't get disallowed for that I, I was actually quite concerned it would do because the, the ricochets in the penalty area did seem to be maybe the second phase. And as you see with most games in the Premier League, those fine lines are so fine. But yeah, brilliant for Joel. Um, I think he's, if he if he wasn't, if he hadn't secured a, a new contract before Roy had arrived, and who knows if he had or not, if those discussions already started, I think he's done more than enough to warrant that contract extension. What his role in the team and the squad is next season, who knows? We don't even know who our manager's going to be next season. But, I, you know, it it wasn't lost on me that Saturday night, everyone's singing about Joel Ward and, and what a wonderful servant he's been and how good a run of form he's in. Within a couple of days, you know, Matt Woosdom's put something in The Athletic. So, obviously, got bases there because the sources are so good at The Athletic. Selzy said something on the post-match pod, which FYP's then tweeted out. And then you start to see the negative in terms of, of Wardy's uh, continued presence in the first team. People see that as a regressive step if if Joel's... And, and I have some sympathy for that because he's been around for so long. But uh, personally, I, I just think we need to get to the end of the season and see who the manager's going to be. Um, what's more surprising is they are, you know, from what Selzy said, considering a contract extension for both Wardy and Klein. I, I just presumed 
maybe Klein had come to the end of the road with, with Palace, given that he hasn't featured, but, you know, resourceful fullback in the Premier League on a relatively low salary. I mean, he's certainly no, nowhere near the level of salary he was when he first joined Palace and certainly not on the same level he was when he was at Liverpool. And I think some fans are quite concerned that he still is. But no, not not to lose sight of, of, of Wardy. Chuff for him. And um, I... I'm not yet a parent, and uh, but I, I do think perhaps that is the feeling that a proud parent gets on the side of a sports day field. So thank you, Joel, for giving me a forecast into my future. I thought you were going to say I'm not a parent, but I now pledge that I will name my firstborn son <laughs> Joel Edward Phillip. No, no, you know I might. You know, let's try and keep that secret because uh, possibly I may try and work that. Yeah. Out okay, somehow. all right, all right. Well, uh, we'll maybe not all though. Maybe not all those names, but Joel Pierce, quite like it. It yeah. worked. It worked. It does work. Um, yeah, I mean that four hundred thousand would have been would have been a bargain in the nineties, let alone in twenty twelve. I mean, it's, it's it was a it was a it was a bargain for a tried and tested championship fullback in twenty twelve. Yeah. So to get the you know the the eleven years of great service from him, you know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. He's now ninth in the all time Palace appearance list. He could go eighth, I think, next season with with a run of appearances. Um, and let's just savor these moments. It was amazing to see him and Wilf at the 10th anniversary dinner of the players all getting together that the club uh, posted pictures from. And it's, it's, it's brilliant to see that picture because it brings back a, a memory of such a great group of players and a, a group of players that the fans were so close with. But to see two blokes in that picture who started the previous Premier League match just a few days before... I, I don't think there are many clubs over the last 10 years yeah. in the Premier League who could argue um, that they've had that, that kind of constant featuring in their first team. So, yeah, that, that was lovely. And it's, yeah, yeah, I've, I've said too much about John, probably exceeding my legal limits now. No, I, I completely agree. And, I, and you're right, I don't think many clubs would, would be able to uh, be able to say that. And as far as I'm aware, I think he's the only Palace-related person from Emsworth, as far as I no, I can't think of anybody else at all. So, um, uh Let's um, move on to, well, I should say, Jeff Masterson and James Jeffrey both asked about Ward's contract. Jeff said, is it the game that convinced the board, beyond all doubt, to a new Ward's contract? So, um, if it is, I think, I think it's probably, I don't know what more he can do. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, you know, again, from what we know, a relatively low earner and a bloke who can play across the back four is relatively uh, in good health. I, I can't remember a spell out of the first team. Uh, for for quite a few years, actually, I, I feel like Wardy's perennially available for first team selection. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a no brainer to to extend him. But I am somewhat surprised that that there is a possibility that both Wardy and Kleine do, because obviously that then brings about the query of are we not signing another right back? But hey, lots of time to talk about this. There, there yeah. are so many there are so many unknowns at the moment. Um, speculating about who our right back is going to be next season is probably way down the list of of what we need to talk about. We will be doing lots of summer transfer-y pods. Well, we've got plans for all sorts of summer episodes, but there'll obviously be transfers will feature. Uh, I know listeners know how much I hate talking about transfers, but um, they will, of course, feature at some point, and I'm sure that will that will come up. I should say, well, just finally on Joel, before we preview Forrest and then go into the, the post-match pod, um, he's been a fantastic service on the, servant on the pitch, off the pitch as well. I don't think there's many people that have devoted so much time to Palace for Life Foundation that we spoke about earlier with, with Palace. Um, you know, the Made in South London campaign, probably the best actor in that video uh, that they made, uh, selling stuff you, on the market. You would, you would know, mate. You would know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I just think, you know, there's uh, players that come to football clubs aren't just 
or you know these days aren't isn't just about on the pitch as well and so he's not only been a servant on the pitch he has really embodied off the pitch i think everything that is important about playing for crystal palace he's not from the area but buying into what it means to be south london and proud i think he is an honorary south londoner by now and i think that is almost as important as what he does on the pitch and i'm sure that the, the people from palace for life that are listening would be nodding along to that because i know that they are incredibly grateful for his time which happens again and again yeah, absolutely. I, I do think it's it's quite interesting that that Wardy and and Wilf are uh, very present in Palace for Life campaigns. At least it appears to me, anyway, from you know what I see. And and I imagine you know two long-serving players, one from the local area, and and Wardy's been with the club for such a long time. To see a football club, and you only have to watch the uh, the overlap documentary of Gary Neville last week with Steve Parrish and Roy Hodgson to see the gargantuan kind of jumps the club are making in terms of its infrastructure and the facilities. It must be astounding for those two players to have seen us from 2012-13, Wilf even, you know, longer, to see the club where it is now. It must be quite staggering. And for a club to be in a position uh, to to have its charitable arm as it does, and, and you know, we, you talked earlier on about the the uh, the fundraising going on at the, the day of the beer festival. It's, it's amazing. And I'm sure they are delighted to give their time to it. Absolutely. And we're going to give our time to uh, previewing the Forest game. But you know what? Before that, Jack, let, let's do the post-match pod. Let's do this in chronological order. So here, okay. here are some bits from the post-match pod normally available to patrons. We're putting it on the main feed this week, obviously a few days late. Uh, we'll start off with a little bit of, of immediate post-match with me. Uh, Nick Shepard is a patron, uh, part of his top tier reward is coming on the, the pod, which some of our top tier, well, all of our top tier patrons do. And JD Senior, outside Craven Cottage, is a bit noisy. I'm going to try and EQ this, the background sound out a little bit. It is a bit noisy, but you know people are in good spirits. Um, and then we'll jump into a bit of Robin Selzy, and then we'll come back and we'll preview the last game of the season. time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. I think it was an end-of-season game, wasn't it, where both teams were not totally on it. I mean, the first half, Fulham had way more corners, way more pressure than us. I think we were 1-1 was fair enough, so I think 2-2 is fair enough overall. But we could have nicked it at the end. I thought I thought that last minute we would have had another another chance, but I think it is a reasonable result. If, I mean, you, I, JD, you're a big stats, stats yeah. man, uh, but we've got your phone out with the stats on, looking at them. We looked at them briefly after the game. 2-2 kind of paints the right picture. Yeah, 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 the stats are actually... 
actually very, very even. 49-51% possession. We've got the 51. You know, um, the number of shots is the same. 11 shots on target. They had four. We had five. So it's nearly all the stats are very, very even. Although at half time, the possession was 60-40 in their favour. So it shows how much better we came into it in the second half. Particularly, of course, in the last 15 minutes when we only gave four away. It's a shame we didn't do that a bit earlier. It, did, it felt like there were we, had, we did have patches where we were sort of second best. We seemed slow, didn't we? Slow to get into the game. At yeah, I think the first half they were the better team, as, as, as Jenny's senior stats show. But I think in the second half, I mean, it was a second. The foul was, you know, so so. Could have been a foul. Could not have been a foul. Mitrovic bangs it in. But that was really, you know, William had a good shot. But that was really all they had. See, I think we had that. Mitra had, Mitra had that miss right at the start. Yeah, right yeah that's start. true. Yeah, that's true. But um, I, so I think the second half we edged the second half, if not actually really, you know, went ahead in it. So yeah, a draw is reasonable. Modern football has progressed so much that we're now seeing players that ten years ago could have been wingers or midfielders playing at centre back, using those abilities while also all the basics have been. It is mad, really, for, for all of us that have been watching for a long time, and it's great to see. Um, a few of the incidents in the game that the, we talked about the Edward goal, the penalty that Mitchell gave away. Again, not seen it back by all accounts. He slipped, yeah. and that's what allowed them yeah, well, players to come in. That's what my text said. Yeah, oh, we've been moving out. Oh dear. Okay. Yeah. No problem. No, can we go around the corner. Is that okay? Yeah. Have to keep, keep walking and talking yeah, whilst we get there. This, this, this is what happens on the post-match pod. We get we get moved on. Fulham Stewart's kicking us away. I think the team's coming out any second now. No, no, okay. We'll, we'll go here anyway. It's a bit. Go by the end. Seventeen. It's a bit more. Um, shielded from the wind anyway um, sorry yeah you're out that's, we, we know he slipped because that's what you're because a lot of people were saying oh that's a mistake for Mitchell but yeah, maybe it hurts he seems to be backing backing into him almost and we can't tell if it's too far away but I got the impression he slipped and text I had to he's just born and banged into the other fella was it a foul I mean it, it, it if it impedes, I mean, there's other end of the ground, so I haven't got a clue, you know, less less visible than Wardy's goal, which was invisible. Um, if he impeded him, then, you know, it's a, it's a foul, even if he slips and he, then he takes the player out. So, it's just unfortunate. And their second goal, the free kick that led to that, was also unfortunate as well. I think that was... Well, I don't well, think that was I don't think it was a free kick. Yeah. Because I, that, his, his foot only got up waist high. Yeah. So what was wrong with it? Yeah. I just I could not see that. Then, of course, they cheated by taking yeah. the free kick a, a, a metre further. Which probably didn't make any difference. Well, I was thinking about that. I mean, I know football fans love to find not conspiracies, but reasons to uh, object to things. Firstly, I actually thought Elise there was a free kick that led to the foul that Elise um, tackled him. I think that was more of a foul than the actual foul that was given by Mitchell. So Mitchell's had a very unfortunate afternoon, actually. You're right. uh, Tom Kearney, I think, took the free kick. Kearney and William, wasn't it, over the ball? And it is about uh, a yard and a half, two yards outside where they're going to put it and I know like you, you can't legislate for bad defending it's not great defending if it comes in and they don't stop the, the runner coming in and scoring but if they do that if, if you're going to take a penalty and you put the ball a, a yard and a half further forward the rest going to say take yeah. it back hey these are my Fulham friends Solon Olga from around the corner Welcome, welcome. Oh, there we go. It's yeah. all happening on the, podcast. Happening on the podcast. We're recording a podcast. So, yeah. It's a but go. you're on it now. But you're on you're it now. <laughs> Two-two is a fair draw. <laughs> um, 
again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, languishing on this point. Like it was about defending, but if you, it was clearly a yard and a half. Away it was, from but I think I, I don't think that's gonna. I mean, it gives a little bit more purchase for Mitrovic, but the bottom line is, is that that's what Mitrovic does, and I don't know yeah. why he was left, yeah, you know, unopposed running in on a header. I mean, the guys behind me were giving Mitrovic some grief, but I think he did what he needed to do. He put that penalty away with it yeah. not being, you know, any any half chance, and he put that bullet header straight. You know, that's what he does. I kindly miss the other. And he kindly missed the other one. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, he's got a hat trick. But that <laughs> could have been, been on. Um, could have been on for um, a hat trick. Do we? I was just. I was thinking about the West Ham game after that. Obviously, we won four three, but there was three goals from set pieces. This is another set piece. I know it's the end of the season and we're safe, but slight trend forming of Palace. You know, very good defensively, but slightly maybe disorganised set pieces. That's an interesting point. I hadn't actually thought of that. Then. We defended a lot of them today, though. So I think you know we let, we let a couple in. And the ratio, yeah, we, you know. True, they had, they had seven corners at least and quite a number of free kicks quite close by that we didn't like very much. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's a fair point. We, we defended nine out of ten or whatever it was. Okay, do you know what? I'll give them that one. I'll give them that one. It's just, it was just because we started the second half quite slowly and then that goal goes in. We'd already let in the penalty right on the end of injury time. Frustrating timing. But Sel- yeah, Selzy says it um, often, doesn't he, about height in the team. So yeah. you're always going to be under pressure there. I mean, I don't know who was marking Mitrovic at that yeah, particular point in time. It. Might have even been Mitchell, and that's going to be a kind of yeah. real high differential. So. Before I came on this call with you, I watched um, Roy Hodgson's uh, little brief interview with Chris Grierson um, after the game. And it was really interesting because he was he was clearly a little bit disappointed with how Palace played in the first half. He, he felt that we, we didn't really impose ourselves enough. And that's kind of how it reflected to me as well. Um, was that your kind of view of everything? Yeah, I mean... He was in the press room afterwards doing his bit and I was sat in on it and he 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 was all right, but he seemed sort of slightly irked, I think, that maybe I mean he, he saw it very much the way I did, you know. I mean, first of all, before I talk about the football this probably no better ground to be at when the sun's shining at the end of the season than Fulham, mm. you know, is yeah. there isn't a more pleasant place to go and watch football really in one sense it's a lovely club I think and it's just one of those clubs where you go where you don't ever feel that you're surrounded by morons and all that sort of stuff it's really you know it's a nice club and uh and when the sun's shining by the river and all that it's pretty uh it's a pretty nice place to go and watch football and I enjoyed the game the first half as you say um took a little while to sort of come to the boil or get going really but I don't know if you from watching it at home as you were with the with all the benefits of the replays and stuff but I thought in all honesty and I'm not normally too critical of footballers in this respect but there seemed to be a lot of people rolling around on the floor yeah. in the first 35 minutes of the game and when I'm sort of seeing it back I'm thinking well there weren't a lot of contact there or I think there was one point, I think it was Harry Wilson or someone was rolling around the floor holding their face. Yeah. And the boot was sort of somewhere around their belly, basically, you know, and it was, I just, I, I thought, you know, football's theatre, but I thought some of these people took it, uh, took it a little bit too far, literally in that sense today. It was more like a, 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 a rather event than it was, uh, than it was a football match for the first half an hour. But, um, you know, I, I thought, 
there wasn't really very much in that first sort of period in terms of clear chances. We were quite slow out the traps. We sort of just crept into the game a bit around about the half-hour mark. There, just before we scored, there was that ball that went into the six-yard area that was sort of scrambled away. And then from their corner, obviously, we've counted fantastically and uh, found our way from one end to the other in a matter of seconds. There's a... Um, put Edward away. And uh, Edward made some positive headlines this weekend yes. rather than uh, what he did during the week. I Just think the... I made some comment in my post-match analysis about uh, this time his speed was a good thing. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> and, he, and, he, uh, and he steered the ball brilliantly past Berlina. You so, could say that Eze gave, gave Edward <laughs> licence to score a goal there. Yeah. Uh, which which he appeared to not pro- provide yeah. uh, when he was driving. I have, um, I have it, to say that is some story reading mm. that that you are a professional footballer, multi millionaire, and you're driving around with no license and no insurance, and he uh, only got eight point fine as well. Uh, you know, would you? I thought I, you'd get like a two-year ban or something. For that. I have some views on that. In that, I think that. Um, You've got to be quite the idiot to be to be doing what he did, and uh, yes. and, and I think it's it's pretty shameful, really. But um, but there we go. Um, it, it, he did he did a brilliant job though on the pitch in terms of the the goal that he scored. It was it's the kind of pass that you want to see him latch on to the end of. It's the kind of finish you want to see him commit. Um, but it felt it still felt to me, a little bit disappointing because he, I just think his final ball, there were a couple of occasions where his final pass just wasn't up to it. And it was almost like, especially in the first half, there were just moments where he just, if with a little bit more quality, he would have, we, we might have actually set, I think it was Elise free at one point or Ayu at one point. And it was a, it was like a, it was a positive contribution, but I wanted him to do more. And, and that kind of was disappointing really. I think Rob, He's actually quite a talented player. I don't mind him at all. He looks to be a complete confidence monster as well, you know, as in he has to sort of have a good run of form and believe in himself. And, uh, and you know, perhaps when he has a run of games and scores a few goals, you see the confidence come through and he, and, and, and he starts to sort of show himself, I think, in probably the way that, we might have expected. He's, he he gives you flashes of brilliance, Edward, here and there. But I do think there is a player there. He's not someone I read, you know, I do read from time to time lots of comments about which you get rid of him and that sort of stuff. No, I don't see him the... as a... He's rather like Jordan Ayew. He, he might frustrate at times, but he has his uses. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I do think, you know, of the three strikers... I would have both of them in front of Mateta, but I'd have to say also that Mateta today, I thought, did all right when he came on. And yeah. there was a yeah. bit more of the chaos factor around him than I've seen in a while and stuff. I mean, he, to be fair to him, after, since his goal at, um, at home to Leicester, he's not really seen too much action. But I, I would say today he looked a bit more like the sort of chaotic Mateta which is, I think, what he has to be to be effective. Because I don't think he's yeah. got enough in his game to be effective without the chaos factor a little bit. But 
Yeah, again, yeah, oh, it was, it was, it was a really good run. It was an excellent run from Eze, Eze. Um, it was a really good, good finish from Edouard. Um, maybe I'm being a bit harsh in terms of his kind of general contribution, but you're right with, with Mateta, he's one of those that he's, he's not a player that you play in the air to. He just isn't. He's he, like you, you're not gonna. Despite being six foot four, he should he should be winning headers. He's not going to win headers, right? So you just have to. You, but if you play it on the ground to him, he actually is. He he uses his physical 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 kind of presence to actually be a bit of a nuisance. And I thought he was really good. Um, but yeah, it's it's um it, it was it was it was a, a, a I thought it was a lead we probably deserved to take, especially in light of the way that Fulham's histrionics were kind of going on. Um, the the referee I thought, especially in, especially in the first half, but also in the second half, fell for some of that a little bit too easily, and I and it was just it just felt a little bit um, there was it was too cynical from Fulham really, you know I thought that they were, they were trying to get people booked, yeah. He was an inexperienced ref, Josh. Oh, I can't remember his second name. I'd never seen him before, but. He wanted the game to flow and wanted it to be a nice game of football. And in fairness, there wasn't too much nastiness in the game, but there was one in particular in the first half, a cynical foul from Paulinho on uh, Mark Gehi when we were counter-attacking. Yeah. And it was an absolute stonewall yellow card. Do you know what yeah. I mean? No question. Yeah. And he didn't give it. And he booked him further on. And for that, he should have been sent off, basically. Yeah. He shouldn't have been on the field at that point. But I thought he probably refed it all a bit too nicey nicey in the in the first. And, and I don't want to sort of knock him for because as I said to you, it wasn't a game where it was malicious or no, there weren't lots of nasty no. tackles. But I just thought that, you know, that Paulinho challenge was sort of taking one for the team, basically. We're in trouble. I'm gonna to have to bring him down and I'm gonna to have to take my punishment, basically. And that's that's what he did. But uh it seemed that uh, the referee wanted to spare the lead in his pencil a little bit and didn't uh, and didn't want to take his name too quickly. So it was a, a little bit that was a little bit disappointing for me. And then the goal just before half time was obviously yeah. a bad. I mean, not that there's ever a good time to concede, but it's a bad time to concede. Ask Leeds after we played them at Ellen Road, but the the. Um, Harry Wilson completely played for it and he knew exactly what he was doing. As the ball came out of the air, he saw that Ty was going in to make the challenge and he just made sure he he cut back inside yeah. and went over him and made sure. I mean, I, I've no it's, complaints about oh, it. Oh, 100% penalty. That, yeah. Yeah, that, that I, I'd won it, but he did it very cleverly. He was a little cute, like, do you know he. He, he knew what he was playing for and what he was doing, and he got it. And Ty sort of sat on the floor with his sort of hands on his thighs as if to say, I've absolutely been done over here. You know, I've, I've fallen for yeah. it. And, uh, and, he, and he did. Do you know, there was no complaint, and there couldn't be, but it was sort of clever on his part. It was, he played for the penalty is what I would say to you, rather than... Uh, he was genuinely uh, attempting to go around him and score a goal. I think he knew as soon as he was going to ground, right, I'm going to check here and make sure I'll go over him as he does it. And sure enough, he did. And 
and that was that. And uh, the penalty from Mitrovic was pretty ruthless. Yeah. And uh, Mitrovic talking of the dark arts is the absolute king. He's not somebody it's very easy to like as a as a footballer. He's very uh he's very uh on with it. Um he's very uh what would you say? Uh, he, he 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 does lots of things that you don't like to see on a football pitch really, I think yeah. on a fairly regular basis. But he's effective and You'd probably say, had he been Crystal Palace's team, I think we might be in the top eight of the Premier League instead, you know. But he's it's not somebody that um it's not somebody that I I sort of admire too much in terms of his uh, approach to the game, but he is sort of very, very effective and I really you know, enjoyed showed... I really enjoyed seeing uh Joachim Anderson give him a, another a broken nose. Uh, I thought that was it kind of set the, it almost kind of leveled out everything that would then follow from Mitrovic for the rest of the game. Because that guy, as you said, the dark arts side of things, he's he's physical and a difficult player to play against. He's kind of the 1960s, 1970s forward that you would have had to play play against in the past. And yet, he's, he's very physical when he's going into you, Rob, but not when he's on the receiving end. He, He's able to fall over, actually. Yeah, yeah exactly. Rather easily yeah. at times, a bit too easily. But again, I described this in my sort of post-match summary for the SLP as cute. And right. Mitrovic wouldn't be described as cute very often in any sense. But uh, I thought that Harry Wilson for the penalty and then he, the way he ended up sort of going from back to front across our defensive line for the second goal and getting his head at the front post, he literally went across about four or five bodies and absolutely thundered it home. And it, you know, if anything today, the disappointment for me was that we were sort of suckers really on both goals. You know, yeah. it felt a bit like we were sort of mugged off a little bit in the in the sense of that we sort of succumbed to very clever, cute bits of. Uh, of work on their part, and yeah, that, the manner of the goals was probably quite disappointing. I think today. Yeah, I agree. I th- the, the the second Fulham goal was just poorly defended from Palace. Really, you've got the the biggest threat in that box was Mitrovic, and he had a a clear run on goal. And I don't know whether it was it, it just seemed disorganisation. Really, um, you know, in the I'm not sure he that, was picking him up. Well, no, well, that's it. Might, yeah, he, it just seems he was he was seemed at the back, but he was at the back of the, the 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 defensive line, if you want to call it that. And then he just sort of appeared to just yeah. wander across the front of them. Nobody stopping him, nobody blocking him off, nobody going with him. And a free header, which he planted past Sam with you know no chance really. He he, yeah. he thumped it home, didn't he? You know, so it was, was also frustrating watching it on the television. Um, it was also frustrating because the free kick was about a, about a yard or two yards from where it should have been taken. The referee had literally drawn a spot where he wanted the ball to be, and the linesman was stood right next to it. And you saw all that you saw the distance. And I just thought, well, that doesn't. You've given him an an extra two yard advantage to get that that free kick in. Well, it, in the grand scheme of things, we're not going to get too fussy about that, but. It just felt a little I, I bit, saw Jack, the free kick um, itself was a little bit of a, yeah. a questionable decision too. So I just thought, oh, just all of those things went against us, really. 
I saw Jack was tweeting about it a minute ago, actually, just before I was yeah. eating, before I came on with you. And um, I, did, I was on the other side of the pitch on the... Uh, on the in the press box on the sort of other on the in the old bit on the Johnny Haynes stand or in the Johnny Haynes stand I should right. say, and so I didn't really have a very I was quite low down as well so I didn't really have a very good view of exactly where it was in relation to where the the ball was placed but I mean Willian I think was it Willian that delivered it yeah and uh, I mean he I mean at Chelsea was a sensational player. Yeah. He looked all washed up when he went to Arsenal and was absolutely hopeless. And uh, again, he's found himself at Fulham and and looked the the player that he was again. So, um, I mean, they've done very well. And make no mistake, they've got some very very good players. And yeah. uh, you know, it was a decent game of football. We were missing obviously five: Vicente Guaita, um, Jeffrey Schlupp, Wilfred Zaha. Uh, Luka Milivojevic and somebody, was it Nathan Ferguson? I think we had five absentees today uh, from the group. So, it, you know, Wilfred and Schlappy, I think, are a big loss to us. And yeah. Roy alluded to that in his post-match uh, press, presser saying that, um, you know, he's having to play a different way with the two defensive midfield players and he thinks that Ebbs benefits more when he plays on the right side of a of as one of two eights rather than uh, with the two sixes. So Decorey and then he and Schlupp either side he thinks brings the best out of of uh, Ezra. And I, I think again, in fairness, he, you know I said this to you last week that the caveat of losing Schlupp and having Will Hughes is that. We sort of had some control over the Bournemouth game in the sense that we were very secure, but you miss that extra body sometimes when you're attacking yeah. and around the box. And Schlappy, you know, is able to get on the end of things and score you a goal or, or two if he's if he's in a decent vein of form. So I I thought Will Hughes, in fairness, had a really decent game, and uh, you know, I, I don't I don't think you could you could grumble too much. You know, I think perhaps with the Wilfred uh, and Schlapp inclusions there, if they were fit, we might have perhaps even come out on the other side, especially at the end of the game as yeah. well, because after Ward's equaliser, I thought we were the only team that was going to win it, quite honestly. Yeah. to the five-year plan penultimate pod of the season <laughs> that's actually felt quite sad saying that that's what it's got it's come around very really quickly well not penultimate pod i guess it kind of is no there'll be there'll be more pods there'll be more pods people don't worry we'll take a break maybe but there'll be there'll be pods happening don't worry um it's the last pod that we'll be previewing again for a while so there's that so that's true that's very very true although i'm sure and it happens every year the pre-season tour is america this year isn't it i think they roll around so quickly it will be previewing palace no. against no, we miami won't. reserves in no, no time we, no <laughs> finger on the pulse as ever jd mate <laughs> yeah uh yeah. <laughs> yeah miami reserves yeah 
beach football seven aside tournament that Steve Paris has entered us into. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, do we have to do previews about no. Millenarios and Sevilla? Please, the next preview will be before the first day of the next season. Fine. Although, if Palace did have to do I beg, I beg. a seven aside beach team, who would who would be in your seven aside beach team if Palace? Don't did? don't spoil the summer pods. <laughs> oh, sorry, well, I'll add that to the list. Sorry, that's that's a, that's a guaranteed half an hour at least. Um, <laughs> well, let's sorry, let's talk about um, Forest at home then. Uh, Forest are safe. Uh, and yeah. I think uh, that pretty much eradicates any sort of jeopardy going into the game. Uh, so well, I'd imagine it, it, it does eradicate all of the jeopardy. Oh, <laughs> literally all. Well, I don't know. I mean, one of their players might break his leg. I, don't, I can't think of any more jeopardy. One of the, I don't know. They, they might they get will, they, points. They might get points this week. They might about be, signing too many players in one season. As, well, if anyone would be dot points for that, it would be them. Uh, but as of right now, they are a Premier League team yeah. next year. It just felt inevitable. I think quite a lot of Palace fans spilled into local pubs after the game on on Saturday. A lot of pub, a lot of people that that were at home would have tuned in for that game, being the TV game. Um, it just felt inevitable that they were going to kind of do it there and then and the Arsenal yeah. were going to hand yeah, the t- yeah. it just felt inevitable it filled in so many narratives didn't it that yeah it just yeah. you know ticks it off and, and I've never watched the second half where I've been so convinced a goal would not be scored at both ends yeah. it just felt yeah. like call it at 1-0 right now and, and Forrest did everything they needed to do Arsenal you know, clearly the spirit had been battered out of them after the previous few weeks but yeah great job Steve Cooper's done I, I think he's actually done uh, an incredible job given the <laughs> the unbelievable turnover of player at that at that squad. They did need to invest in the summer. A lot of the team that came up last year were on sh- short-term contracts or out of contract or or loan signings, um, and they did need investment, but <laughs> not the degree of investment that did did come. So for him to juggle the squad um, and and get the best out of players like Morgan Gibbs White, who's a wonderful player, I think he's he, he's probably ending the season in a similar vein to to Ebbs, perhaps. Not with the output, but he's ending the season really, really strongly um, and, and has done a really good job for, for a manager who he played for um, at England youth level. Um, Brennan Johnson's had a very good season um, and certain signings have paid off for them. You know, Kayla Navas, however, they got that over the line. As if we, you know, imagine if we had a link to how that deal got done. But anyway, <laughs> I have no um, idea. I had no idea. Um, but that is a, a, a brilliant sign. It looks very bizarre when it happened, but his calmness in the last 15 minutes of that game kind of shone very brightly. So they'll be delighted they got it done on Saturday because as Leicester, Leeds and Everton fans will tell you going to this Sunday, there probably is very little worse going to last of the season, knowing you need to get a particular result to stay up or even worse, rely on others to to stay up too. So have we had that? We haven't had it since we've been promoted, which is unbelievable really, isn't it? That we've not gone into a last day no. with the possibility of going down. So yeah, fantastic um, for, for Forrest. I was hoping there would be something on the game for them still because I think it would make it a better game. But that said, there have been some very decent dead rubbers at Selhurst on last days of the season um, in recent years. Not last year so much. That was a weird game against United, albeit we got the win. That's all that really mattered. But Bournemouth... That's um, the one, isn't it? Yeah, That's the one. And I remember the West Brom game. Uh, we saw them off comfortably 2-0 in the yeah. end, but even that had something about it. So, yeah, hopefully it's just a good chance to... Uh, to, to enjoy the last trip to Selhurst for a few months, but there's just so much unknown, isn't there? What, we're recording this Tuesday night and, um, you know, <laughs> could be could be saying goodbye to who I consider to be the most um, important manager in Palace's history and yeah. 
who I think is the greatest player in the club's history, all in one afternoon. And Wilfred Zaha might be leaving as well. So <laughs> very good. There you go. Good. Shout. But no, it, it's so much unknown. And let's not get into the conjecture about whether a mural on the side of um, oh, near, the, near the stadium. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it. it word from the club. Word from the club. Word from we, the club. Oh, absolutely. We've been told this directly at FYP. It's nothing to do with staying or leaving. It's just that after so long, he deserves something, and, and I don't he think does. One can and disagree he, and with that. Yeah. yeah, but that that you know that that notion that he deserves something makes you think it's <laughs> it could be a goodbye. I don't. I'm I'm still feeling that he will sign. It might be more hope than than anything, but. Um, obviously, he won't be featuring on on Sunday, which is a huge shame. But yeah, I, it, it's it's sad. But there's a possibility we won't know whether it is goodbye um, for Wilf. If we don't hear from the club that it's uh, a goodbye for Roy, I think that's as good as a contract extension for Roy. My well, my prediction is that they we'll see them both again in in in, in August. Um, I'm fairly certain if it is goodbye, Wilf won't be doing it in a flimsy vest with thank you CPFC written in marker pen on it. But who knows? Maybe he will. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe he's still got it. Who knows? Who knows? Quite possibly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just seems, it just seems so bizarre that there's so much unknown, but anyway, there's um, you know, a good day out to be had. And I know uh, a lot of palace fans are, um, are very excited for it. And hopefully, you know, whatever the future might bring, we end the season positively and it would be a wonderful, way to finish the season what would that put us on would that put us on 47 points I think um, and that would be 20 points from yeah. Roy's 10 games which would be 2 points a game and 2 which, points short of our best ever yeah exactly and given where we were you know I know after the Brighton game was desperate but you know 3 days later you and I went to the the Arsenal game and, and we didn't really do anything in that game that gave us any sense that you know the the market upturn in our form was 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 going to come immediately so to be where we are i know there's so many questions particularly in yeah. light of of brighton and and everything they've achieved and i'm sorry to to mention their name but there are questions from palace fans and some of the criticism is legitimate there's no denying that um but given where we were at the midpoint of march and the away end in the amex i i I can't believe we are where we are, to be honest. So, Well, the good news is Brighton are about to have their squad decimated and will struggle with the European campaign next season and will get relegated uh, next season. It, so don't, don't worry. It's all, it, it's all I'm, 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 I'm saying it now. One of Brentford or Brighton will get relegated next season. Oh, yeah. Oh, Brentford. Are they in Europe as well? They could be, depending on how results go on Sunday. I wonder who... When I, when I say Brian or Brentford, I do mean Brentford because I think Brighton have already got enough. But I wouldn't be surprised if Brighton are absolutely raided this summer. Yeah. Include, I know the manager said that he's going to stay, but um, there could be some very interesting job offers coming his way. Well, uh, McAllister's off. Casado are reportedly off as well. We don't they need to. Too we, big. Sorry, we, we're talking about them too much. This I know, I know. But but, 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 but they, listen, it's. I, I know there's a lot of people looking at them. Palace fans are looking at them, probably quite jealously. Um, I, and it probably, if you're a Brighton I, fan right now, yeah, it's probably it's a fantastic time to be a Brighton fan. But you yeah. know, I think we're in a position now. A lot of questions with Palace, and we know that. But. I think we should be looking at a club like Brighton and and there's a lot to be done, a lot to be done, but it's it's doable. If you do things right, recruitment has to be perfect. We need that new main stand, got the academy, but it's not impossible. We we can't do dream. what Brighton yeah, we can't do what Brighton have done without sustaining our Premier League status. So yeah, exactly. we we've done that this year. So in the short term we've achieved what we needed to. 
But I do hope, and as, as you said, there'll be plenty of time to talk about this during the summer, but I, I do hope that maybe thoughts at board level are slightly more expansive than they have been. But I do, I'm very happy with where we are given the, the last few weeks. So looking forward to Sunday. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I've agreed to meet about 73 people for a pint. So I'm slightly worried. Um <laughs> I might not make the last train home, but the good news is kickoff is later because I remember that in the championship it used to be like twelve thirty, and that is that is so dangerous for last day of the season. So I think yeah, yeah, but four thirty means there's just more time before. But yeah, but you get I'll just have to be to sober up, and then you got to go home. <laughs> you don't have to go home. That's the whole problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, it's a bank holiday. It's a bank holiday. Next exactly. Oh no. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh no. Anyway. Anyway. Um, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, and just just on Forest, I know we've sort of dev- deviated from them, but you know it's what we do well on this podcast. Um, the, the Cooper's done a great job, and and they've done everything the wrong way round that promoted clubs seem to do it. They've spent signed so many players, and yet stuck with their manager. And normally teams are the other way around, and and uh, don't back the manager, and then sack them and panic, which a lot of clubs have done this this year. But it's actually quite nice to see that they have backed the manager that got them there in the first place, yeah. um, and given him the chance to do to finish the job off, which he's done very well. And as you say, some of the players uh, that they have brought in, well, it's a combo of both, isn't it? Because Brennan Johnson's had a fantastic season, obviously got them up. Um, but Joe more, Worrell, Joe yeah. Worrell's still been. Yeah, exactly. for them. It's a yeah. bit of a combo, but but and obviously some names they did bring in more high profile like Jesse Lingard haven't you know haven't featured yeah. as much or settled. I think everyone predicted that was going to happen anyway. But Gibbs White, I know, was linked with us last summer. I think possibly even the year before good. has done very very well for them. Good player. But let's let's bring it to a close by leaving people on tenterhooks in terms of Steve Cooper. Could he be the next Palace manager? Uh, uh, well, do you want me to play out right there? I can't, that, <laughs> no, it's a hell of a hell of a cliffhanger. Um, no, I, I think now he's kept them up. I think the chances are, are slimmer of that of that happening. But uh, certainly boosted his CV and 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 done a you know given his reputation a, a well deserved boost because he's done a good a really good job. So fair play. Let's end on a palace note and um, yeah, where where we were, I think we just need to to enjoy Sunday. And I hope everyone who is going enjoys it. And I hope whatever news breaks between now and then should any news break i hope we uh we we do the boys proud um and and celebrate whoever we might be celebrating we we suspect there will be some goodbyes don't we because mm. it's luca maca you know that well, maca might know. be a see you soon you possibly know, but you know if, if people are you know thinking that there will be uh a bit of turnover in the squad then there certainly will be players um that we will be saying goodbye to. We, I, I think in terms of fans, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of a bit wayward here, but I, I just think in terms of fans who stay for end of season things, Palace fans seem to be quite good at it. We seem to really cherish that goodbye and thank you to the players. And you see some of the <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on, on Sunday, uh, oh, sorry, last Saturday, and, you know, probably, I don't know, 5% of the fans still... Yeah. In their seats for that, so it's understandably really different, different situation. They're, they're, yeah, they're oh, exactly, case, aren't they? exactly. So uh, yeah, no, but uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday. Two questions then. Well, I'll ask you the first one. You can think about it before I ask you the second one. What song do we play out with this week? Uh, and the reason I've asked you that is because I think Joel Ward got his first ever chant on Sunday. I mean, I mean, it wasn't really a bespoke one, but it was a Joel Ward, Joel Ward chant. Yeah, I've heard Joel Ward chants over the last few years, but I, it just never really sticks and never really gets going. Um, but what tune is that to? Uh, it was there's only one Joel Ward, wasn't it? So, da, 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 
don't know. I think that's a chill. I think that's just a kind of made up football chance. To be honest, <laughs> it's got to be a tune from somewhere. Okay, Sales will know. Selvi's knowledge of music is unbelievable. So Selvi, let us know if that is a, a song. Um, um, but I don't know what we're going to play out with. Um, if, if, it, if you can identify something Joel Ward related, do it. If not, up to you, JD, mate. You're, you're, the, you're the man with the mixer. <laughs> Unfortunately for everyone, I am. Well, we'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, let's. that's it. That's the pod's done. Well, it's been an interesting episode this week, hasn't it? But uh, thank you to... I think we've probably recorded as long as we normally do, despite calling it <laughs> Palace Light. So. <laughs> and the, oh, we just can't help it. This is, you know, we just, we just, we just love chatting it's about good, Palace. It's nice it's to talk. Good. It's a good time to be talking about Palace. So sorry, listener, we have rambled on a bit. And I say sorry, you're probably not listening any longer. So, yeah. <laughs> They've skipped to the end to see what the playout song is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jack, thanks for being here. Great Thanks, to have you mate. on, as ever. Thank you. Uh, thank you, of course, to Celsi and Rob for the uh, the pod extra. Um, Nick, Shepard, JD Senior, uh, all our patrons, and all you guys for listening. We will see you again uh, next week for the last pod of the year. But until then, here's this. Podcast Network.